And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Labine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome in to the Tapped Out Recap, otherwise known as the Retap with Brendan Tobin. I am Sean Levine, and the fighting continues on Saturday night, Brendan. It's almost like somebody said that King Kong Ortiz is going to end up beating Prince Charles Martin. He's going to knock him out, and it's probably going to be something like the sixth, seventh round. It's almost like somebody said that. That same person might have said there's probably going to be a couple of knockdowns in the fight. The only thing that I didn't expect was, frankly, Charles Martin was winning that fight and dominating that fight until he was. And then King Kong ended up victorious. Yeah. You, uh, you nailed your prediction on when the fight was going to end. It just took a very weird path to get there. And uh, you know, like I said, going into that, I was a little bit nervous about Lewis's uh, age. Uh, You know, is he going to look the same? And you know, uh, he did have some slippage there. I mean, like that's kind of been, it's kind of funny because most, Cuban boxers are very, very sound fundamentally. They're great defensive fighters. And Luis Ortiz has been showing that he can uh, he can get clipped a little bit and uh, get put in some awkward spots. But listen, he still has that killer instinct. He was still able to uh, to power through and get the stoppage. So all credit to him. It almost feels like BT. He's at the top of his game, but he's also kind of an older dude. So what's next for him? Because when you're, how old is he now? 43. Is that right? 43 years old, 44. That's what they say. So, (laughs) so what's next for a guy who's now again on a little bit of a winning streak here in one of the top uh, title contenders. It's a good question uh, because he says he wants to go right for the title after that. If this was an IBF title eliminator, that's currently held by Usyk, who's going to be fighting Anthony Joshua. And then I imagine the winner of that is probably going to face the winner of Tyson Fury, Dillian White. So I don't really know where the path is for him. Um, I think maybe, you know, you know, an Ortiz Andy Ruiz fight would be kind of fun, you know, former heavyweight champion. I think that that could, you know, that could be something that could be fun, maybe on a Cinco de Mayo weekend, maybe even on a Canelo card or something like that. But as far as the top guys, I just don't see where the path is because, you know, he's lost. He's been knocked out by Deontay Wilder twice, even though he's had some success there, he has lost to him twice. So I just don't know who the direct guy is. I think the best thing he can hope for is maybe this Tyson Fury, Dillian White thing. The drama just gets really, really bad with the purse bid and all that type of stuff. Fight blows up. Bob Amber's already said they've looked in other directions. So maybe he could find his way into a Tyson Fury fight that way. But other than that, I think maybe the most high-profile fight that makes sense for him is probably Andy Ruiz. Yeah, you got it. The, those two losses to Wilder, what's really going to hurt him because nobody thinks that Wilder is going to fight for a championship, at least anytime soon. And he's certainly not going to jump the line of a guy that's beat him twice. But I'm all in for that Ruiz-Ortiz fight. I'd be down to see that. Sticking with the big boys, some news is broke since our last show that Francis Ngannou says that if he does re-sign with the UFC, that he wants a clause in his contract where he's allowed to box. First of all, any chance Dana would actually do that? And second of all, if he did, who, who would box Francis and Ghana? That's a pretty big-ass dude. Well, I, I think if he was going to fight somebody, I hope it would be somebody massive, like, right away. Like, you want to talk about Deontay. Deont- think about this. Like, Deontay Wilder boxing Francis and Ghana, the hardest hitter in UFC, fighting the hardest hitter in boxing. I mean, that would sell. I mean, people would be attention. I feel like Deontay Wilder would smoke him, but I'd still be into it. I mean, you could take my money. I'll be into that fight. The, the question you asked, though, would Dana White allow him to do it? I don't think so. I, I just I, I have a hard time imagining Dana White, I think, is 
probably in a, in a perfect world would wish that this France Ngannou thing would be in a bit of a better place because I do think he has the chance to be one of their faces of the company to be a massive star for them to be a massive draw. I mean, those uppercut, the, the uppercut knockouts, every knockout that he does is just absolutely sick. Um, you know, he's a little bit older too. So, you know, I know that he has kind of his eye on wanting to do some of this outside of the, uh, the UFC stuff, but I don't know, man, I can't see Dana White breaking on that one. What's the end game for Nganu? Cause like you said, it feels like he could be a big star. It feels like he's right on path to be a big star except he doesn't feel that way. So what's the end game? Is he trying to make money? What's he trying to do here? Yeah, he definitely is trying to make money. I think what happens is you see these heavyweight guys, like they see the money that a Wilder and a Tyson Fury make. They make 20 million, 30 million for their big time fights. And they're like, why am I making $800,000 guaranteed? Like what is is this world? And I get that. I mean, the, the, the fighter pay thing for the UFC is one of the hot button issues. It's it's been brought up, you know, year after year. But like, you know, Dana White knows that like they're really they, they have these tight lid contracts that really bind guys down, and they really can't do anything without their approval. So I think it's just part of the idea of he wants to be treated in the same realm as these heavyweight boxers, but it's just not the same game. It's not, and and it's a tough spot for him for sure. I think his be- if he really wants to go box, his his best option. I think Dana White said he has one fight after the gone fight. I think his best option is probably to just fight out his contract and then go box if that's what he wants to do. The problem is that champions clause, right? In the UFC, that yeah. keeps adding on that extra fight. So that's what's kind of screw him a little bit. If we're talking about BT boxing and Dana, perhaps you know not paying his fighters what they think they deserve. The guy at the forefront of all that is Jake Paul. So go ahead and tell us what's the latest with Jake Paul. and Dana. Oh, man, I, I, I'm so ashamed at how Just much I like the storyline. Just do it. So, so Jake Paul, we talked about this on the show on Saturday. Jake, Paul, this is just like the, the post on Twitter had just come out as we were going on the air about Jake Paul demanding all these changes to fighter pay and that he would retire from boxing, join USADA to uh to 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 fight Hori Masvidal in the octagon this on the back end of Dana of him accusing Dana White of having a coke problem Dana says hey you can test me for coke for 10 years if I can test you for steroids for two so Jake Paul comes with a statement and a little bit surprising to me Dana White came out with a Twitter video that night responding to Jake Paul basically saying hey this is all well you never responded to my to my po- my my challenge though which he kind of did. He says, you can test me. I'll be one of your fighters. You can test me. But Dana's saying, like, you never directly took up my challenge. He then took a shot at Jake's manager who used to work for the UFC. Uh, he was their CFO before they sold. And Dana then also said, like, hey, you guys go do your own thing. Make your own business because you can't sell pay-per-views. You're not a pay-per-view draw. Apparently, the, the rumors are out there that Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul two absolutely tanked. The initial rumors were 65,000, which is just god awful. Some are saying up to 300,000, which, you know, for Jake Paul, you're thinking to yourself, this guy's this super uber star. Not great. Um, and so Dana's basically saying, you're not a draw. You can't, you can't sell. Jake Paul then responds basically saying, you know, all, you know, basically just blasting in a white, keeps doing a cut in of him saying, I do cocaine. And then uh, is saying to this, I will still fight you if you agree to all my terms. I still will fight in the UFC if you agree to all my terms. Um, and that also says, by the way, because Dana took a shot at Jorge Mas- uh, say Dana said that Jorge Masvidal is a bigger pay-per-view draw than Jake Paul, which Masvidal's had some pretty big pay-per-views. 
And Jake Paul's response to that is my mom gets bigger, uh, more lights, on, likes on Instagram than Masvidal. So all this being said, I think I've covered all the bases there. I've never been more convinced <laughs> that Jake Paul is going to be in the UFC. He's definitely fighting uh, in an octagon against Jorge Masvidal before the end of the year. It's definitely happening. They can't help themselves. You said that on Saturday during the show, and I thought, wow, like I can't believe he would take that leap. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's that close. Now that Dana is willing to spar back and forth in the media with him, he, there's a lot of fighters that talk about Dana. Boxers, UFC fighters, yeah. Bellator fighters, whatever, and he doesn't respond because they're minions. He has to respond to Jake Paul, which in theory means that I think you're going to end up being right. Like, it feels like this back and forth is kind of because he understands that at some point this guy is going to fight for him. And he, at that point, he's not just going to be a boxing's pay-per-view guy. He's going to be Dana's pay-per-view guy, and he's going to want him to sell a lot. How, let's say that let's say Dana's right, and when it comes to pay-per-view money, Masvidal right now has sold more numbers than Jake Paul. You can't argue that if the numbers are right. What if Jake Paul steps in the octagon? Then what kind of numbers are we talking about? Because I, I think, think we are talking about Masvidal-type numbers. Yeah, I think it would be absolutely massive. I think it would be massive because, again, the whole point of all of this, you know, for people who want Jake Paul to box a boxer, it's not the point. He's not here to be a boxer. He's not here to be the WBC champion. You know, he's here to convince the most people to fork over their money to watch him fight. And a lot of people, the same model that Mayweather used to watch him lose. And so if you're telling him now, okay, he's going into a cage with rules he's never been part of, with smaller gloves against an absolute killer like Masvidal, of course it's going to do monster numbers. And especially now that they already have this, you know, inherited beef that goes into it, Masvidal can sell the hell out of a fight. It would do monster numbers. And I guarantee the other thing that can't be lost in this, Sean, is Dana White has a massive TV deal with ESPN and Disney. Disney and their programming loves talking about this. They would love nothing more than, hey, we have the biggest entity in combat sports right now. We have Jake Paul. Everyone's going to be tuning in and talking about this. And I, you can't tell me that no brass has gone to Dana White and says, well, if he says he's willing to do it, why don't we do it? You know, we'll find a way. All this, this revenue stuff, oh, greater split, raise the fighter pay. That's all well and good. It's a cool thing that Jake, Jake Paul's trying to shine a light on to be kind of the Robin Hood of the UFC and all that type of stuff. But the point is, he's already given you an insane. There are terms that I would be willing to step into an octagon. And to me, that speaks to, all right, well, if he says he's willing to step into an octagon, how do we really make that happen? Can you imagine when you get a Disney character in the octagon? Not Rafiki from The Lion King, the best Disney character of all time, but Jake Paul. All right, before we wrap things up, the top five UFC pound for pound heading into the new year, Usman, Volkanovsky, Izzy, Nganu, and Charlie Olives round out the top five. Once again, Kamaru Usman, Volkanovsky, uh, Izzy, Nganu, and Charles Oliveira. That's your top five pound for pound. If I told you, Brandon, one of those guys is no longer going to be in the top five by the end of the year, who would it be? Hmm. Uh, it's a good question. Looking at it, I don't think I think Usman's going to be there because I think even if Usman were to somehow lose, I still think he'd have the respect and stick there. For sure. Um, Volkanovsky, I don't really see the challenger who would knock him out because basically you're looking at all these champs who are right there. Again. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think odds wise, like, listen, we were talking about this on Saturday, like Francis and uh, and Cyril Gaon is is basically a pick em fight right now. It's dead even on odds. 
So I think logistically, I would say Francis, because it's, you know, I think he probably does have the best chance of losing and he's kind of on the fringe there anyway. So I'll probably go Francis if I had, if I take a first look at that. I was going to go Francis also for a lot of the same reasons, because let's say that in the calendar year of 2022, he ends up with three fights. We know he's got the gone fight coming up. So that's one. Maybe he's got gone john and stipe or something that's like tough. that are you gonna win all three of those and keep that belt around that's your tough. waist by the end of the year so and same thing with charles Oliveira though like you and i talk about it's this guy and that guy it could be daryush it could be uh, islam it could be poirier it could be connor all these different guys by the end of the year so that's one that's interesting too although he's been so dominant i feel like i almost feel guilty saying anything about Oliveira because i did his entire career like i can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so sold on him that you beat Poirier the way that he did, and yeah. I'm like, yes, he does have probably the, 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 the thickest division that he has to go up against, but I kind of feel like he's in this spot. Like, I almost want uh, Oliveira to go on this run by the end of the year that people are saying that people are calling for, like, how do we get Khabib out of retirement and do a super lightweight championship fight? Like, that's the kind of run I hope that he goes on by the end of this. I'm sure Habib just hopes that his boy Makachev ends up winning the title and he doesn't have to hear about this and he can promote Eagle FC or whatever the hell that he wants to do. But that's what I that's what I hope Oliveira because Oliveira has just, you know, I think he's earned a lot of people's respect in that regard. If you're right and that happened and he has three fights this year against those names that we just talked about in some form or fashion and beats them all, and then you add up the Oliveira fight, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Chandler fight and all this, you look at his resume at that point, that's going to be like, 17 in a row or something like that right gonna have beaten the who's who at that point you're right that's definitely going to get khabib interested real quick is there a name that you're pretty sure will be in the top five by the end of the year that's not there right now it's got to be Piotr jan right i would say out of the guys i mean it's either jan or it's john jones like in my mind it's this is a weird thing with john like i still consider john the top pound for pound guy all controversy aside He's still the best guy I've seen do it. Now, it's kind of like if we do these rankings, it's like he's been so idle. So the fact that he's still number six and hasn't fought in forever just shows you the respect that media has for him. But, yeah, I feel like if John sneezes to victory, like he's and does well in the heavyweight division, how do you not already vault him back into the top five with pound for pound? But as far as like really new faces taking a leap, yeah, Jan, uh, I think could definitely uh, could definitely be in there as far as looking at the champs, because I don't know how long the Glover to share reign is unless like Robert Whitaker would have some sick knockout of Israel Adesanya and people were like, you know, back on back on that fold and, and saying like that this guy has to be all the way top five, but he's a two time champion then. So maybe that. But I would say I would agree with you, Jan. But my my uh, my easiest path, I would say, would be John Jones just getting a victory. So many great stories heading into 2022 in the ring, in the octagon. Fun to talk pound for pound. Fun to talk Fun to talk with Brendan Tobin, which I do every single Saturday. That's it for our wrap-up here on Tapped Out. Don't forget to catch us Saturday, 5 o'clock Eastern time, right here on the BetQL Network. Take care.